0: Hello and welcome to another episode of the Board Game Shenanigans podcast, where we review the games we've been playing and discuss board game related topics. My name is Bob.
1: And I'm Natasha.
0: All right, Natasha. This week, we're going to be diving right. into some games.
1: Is it going to uh, be fun?
0: Uh, Hopefully. I, I like to think it's going to be fun. Okay. So we're going to talk about, we're actually only going to really review only one game, which is Village Rails, which is a little small game, but we had an opportunity to uh play both expansions for Dune Imperium. So we're gonna we want to chat about our experience with that. And then Natasha got to play the Castles of Burgundy ninth expansion team Very game.
1: Specific.
0: Uh so she's gonna kind of share her thoughts on that. I've never played it. Um so yeah I guess you're gonna talk about that. And then in the discussion topic, we're actually going to do Something a little different. We, I have a bunch of like random little questions that I've seen on like Facebook and a variety of things. And I think I'm just going to, you know, we're just going to have a, like a question time where I'm going to do a couple of questions. And we're just going to kind of talk about them. It's not enough necessarily for an entire segment. Also, I did post a question probably a couple of weeks ago, which was if you have questions for us, you know, send them there. Because the at this point, if there's anything specific you guys want to know or you have questions specifically for us, whether it be board game related you know, things about our lives, anything like that, send us a question and maybe we'll do another question time and we'll answer some of your questions. Yeah. Uh, or email us. That works too. But uh yeah. before we get into any sort of games, I want to talk about um I want to talk about King's Dilemma. Ooh. So uh there's a group of us that are is is playing King's Dilemma. And what ended up happening was we we started playing it I think in twenty twenty one with one of our friends, Phil, who decided to move Pretty to abandon us. Yeah, just, you know, say bye guys. We didn't I didn't like you guys anyway. So me and my wife are going to move to a different state. Mm-hmm. Thanks, Phil. Jerk. Uh <laughs> anyway, we started King's Dilemma with him and we fi- we finally got a a, a, n- a new person kind of replace Phil and we started playing King's Dilemma again. And I'm going to share my thoughts once it's done, but I would say we're probably a third of the way through the the campaign it's interesting i i've i've heard a lot of people really have, has enjoyed the experience of this game so i was really hyped up to do it cuz it has some legacy elements where you're placing stickers and different things are going to happen based on the stickers but mechanically this game is very very simple there's almost zero mechanics to this game you are moving up some different tracks with some uh, overall things but it comes down to voting. And what you do is you draw a story card, you read the story card, and then based on that story card, you everyone will vote yay, nay, or pass. And then based on that, that's how the game progresses through is through the story. And like I said, we're about a third of the way through it, and we're, we're in the process of, you know, fleshing out the story. So far, I'm enjoying it, but it's also one of those things that, like, I thought I would enjoy it more. So I'm really curious to see how it ends up panning out the overall campaign cuz I I'm liking it but it's just not exactly what I thought it was going to be cuz it's way more social hey are you going to vote my way or sh- you know at, like manipulating the votes in certain ways it's definitely a different experience than I thought I was going I was getting when I was getting into the game
1: hmm. doesn't sound like something I would enjoy no
0: it isn't that no that's why we didn't invite you cuz we knew you <laughs> were like I the hard no from Natasha, yeah. N- uh. So yeah, I just i i wanted to share because like I'm I'm excited to get through it and then kind of just share my thoughts on the podcast about the overall experience. It's de- it's different than what I thought it was going to be. Hmm. That is for sure. But uh, speaking of different, let's talk about this team expansion. Yeah, castles okay. of i never heard thing. of it.
1: And um, I went to some friend's house and they had uh had it and they like want to play the team game and i was like team you can play castles of burgundy team versus team
0: let me just i'm gonna stop you for a second because i how of all people do you say yes let's play the team version of castles of burgundy you are so like anti-co-op
1: i'm anti-co-op but teams are different teams are competitive oh,
0: okay all right, working right
1: together to beat the other people
0: I'll 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 just hit, you know what I'll sit back I'm just gonna listen to you talk about this. Also, this I'm bird.
1: open. I'm open to trying new things. Sure. Um. Okay. So this team game, you take you each get a mat, but you put it together so that there's to so it's one giant land, and there's double sides. So you can put it together different ways. Um, and then instead of having three spaces for your tiles, you only have two, and then you have a center spot where the two of you can uh, share. So whenever you take a tile off the center board and add it to your board, you can either place it on your side or the center tile. If you place it on your side, you're the only one that can uh, play the tile. But other than that, it works exactly the same. So you start off, there's uh, one piece in the center, and you have to follow the same rules if it has to be touching. The only difference is, you you know, you each hit your own points throughout the game. But at the end of the game, you add up both of your points, and that's your total score. So some one person can score all the points. It doesn't matter. Well, I like that. Um, So, so what makes it different is now you're like, okay, I rolled these two. What did you roll? Okay. You want to get this. And so you kind of like work together, like I do this and then you can do this and then that'll be good to get all these special powers. We ended up just like 400 points plus like almost 500 points, something like that. It was a lot, but it was really fun. I liked it a lot. The expansion is just like, it just comes in like a shrink rack thing with uh, the boards, I think, and some rules. I don't know if it even came with anything else, but it plays exactly the same.
0: This expansion comes in the new improved 20th anniversary edition that Does it? I, I think is garbage. Yes, I'm pretty sure it's in there because I remember seeing those boards. I have zero interest in trying that. It's it's so weird to talk hear you talk about how much you liked it because in my head i'm like this sounds awful i don't want to like i don't want it no i don't want it
1: you just get more like you just work together and so you get the benefits like it doesn't change it at all you just have like a bigger board so you have like more money you know more opportunity for money more opportunity to get more special abilities you just like combine like everything like like you have double everything including the score
0: but you're scoring your own points, and they're scoring your own points, and then you combine them together? Or is it you just one marker up. that just keeps going around the board?
1: You could do that. You could just have one marker. But we each scored our individual points, and then at the end, you added it up. Plus, you mm. added your end game scoring.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I I don't know if fun. I want you gotta that. Try I, it. You got try it. I don't know it. if I want to. I don't know if I want to. It was fun
1: to. to have the cooperation and have more options. I, I thought it was fun. I liked it.
0: So you, it has to be four player though, right? Yeah. You know what I would consider doing? I would consider doing that big board as a two player game, and then you have uh two uh you have a total of four dice now. I would consider doing it that way. So you have a gigantic board with because you could probably do that, right? So your team is just yourself, and now you have like four dice to choose from.
1: You could. You would then have to decide because you can't. There's only two spots where you can share tiles. So at the top mm-hmm. of the board you can share those two tiles. So I could take this tile and my partner could then take it and put it on the board. But if I take the tile and put it down on my side of the board, my partner cannot take that tile. So you'd have to have and you you play separate turns. So if I move up the track, the the blue track, I will first. You know what I mean? So you're well, yeah. not So sometimes we were both up the blue track and we would go back to back. That was really nice because we could plan our whole turnout you know, without anybody interrupting it. Um, but other times you might go, you know, me, then another person, then my partner, then the other person, you know?
0: Yeah, I don't, mm, I don't know.
1: I liked it. I, I don't know. thought it was know. worth experiencing.
0: Maybe. I might try it. I don't know.
1: I don't know that it would be worth doing by yourself. What do you mean? To Because ke- you had to keep track of each side.
0: Which is fine. I'd rather do that than have to, I'd, which is surprising because I love cooperative games. But as soon as you said that, I was like, nah, I'm out. I think I don't know. It just doesn't sound very interesting. I'll try it. Sure, I'll try it. I guess. Is Maybe. it going to
1: come on your Kickstarter version?
0: I have no idea. Probably. I bet. I, would I, imagine. I imagine. I thought so. it was good. Yeah. Well. I thought it was fun. All right. I guess. Whatever. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I haven't
1: even tried it.
0: That's true. I haven't, and I don't know. Maybe it depends. If the if my gigantic uh, luxury castles of Burgundy Kickstarter has it in there, I'll I'll invite you over. We'll invite somebody else over. We'll we'll do team You like me and me and, my me and Ashley against yeah
1: yeah against you and Ashley
0: yeah we That'd I mean you're gonna lose but that's fine probably
1: no I did yeah. lose we thought we were doing so good we were winning throughout the game we had lots of points they ended up getting like a ton of points is it points. is it
0: like one of those things that like when you're playing partners in euchre and they do something stupid and you're like why would you do that like that's not how you play the game
1: no because you can talk to each other you're like mm. why are you doing that stop
0: yeah that's dumb you a big dummy
1: mm-hmm. you kind of have to work together yeah so it could take longer like that could be a negative because you're not now you're talking with the other person well if you do this and i can do this you know trying to figure out like all of our options because now we have four dice but not at the same time it's two then two you know
0: sure yep yeah uh, exactly
1: it's a game it's an option that is castles of burgundy the team game the ninth expansion
0: which is funny that it's the ninth expansion. When you say that, it reminds me of Carcassonne and like Carcassonne Expansion 10, you know, under the big top or whatever. Yeah,
1: I haven't played any of the Castles of Burgundy expansions. That was the only one I've played. I don't know that it's. I've ever felt like it needed an expansion, you know, and this this doesn't really feel like an expansion, more like a variant, you know.
0: The one expansion that I like is the additional boards. That is that is the thing I like, is when you Mm -hmm. get like those those additional boards.
1: Oh, Oh, I didn't realize those were expansions. Yeah. The boards are good.
0: Yeah. Uh so next up we want to talk about Dune Imperium and specifically playing Dune Imperium with the two expansions that are out. One's Immortality and then the other one is Rise of Ix. Mm -hmm. And each one does something slightly different. So the Rise of Ix basically introduces some technologies that you can acquire with spice. But the biggest thing is it, it's going to cover up a portion of the board and it's going to be a, a different way in which you're acquiring Solari to basically buy your new worker. It's a, it's a different way to, you don't have the, it covers up the portion where you're exchanging spice for Solari. It, it, it covers that up. And now you're basically having this kind of like rocket track where whenever you go there, you can you can start advancing. And if you top out and you go all the way back down, you get a bunch of different benefits. Like you could get people in a battle. You could get some Solari. You could get some Spice. And again, it introduces a new unit, which is uh, the Dreadnoughts, which are these little um, ship meeples, I guess, that, can, that give you additional strength in the war. And they don't necessarily die uh, after a combat. And then the Immortality expansion adds... A research track, kind of,
1: right? Yeah, you can go up this track, and then you can also earn points along this track.
0: So that that's going to be the other big thing that that one adds, is additional points. There's two points you can earn off that track by moving. And then it it, it gives you access to new cards. There's a new stack of cards you have access to, mm-hmm. based on that expansion. And you're going to be perching, purchasing them with... Uh, with specimen cubes.
1: Which which are cubes you use for the, the same cubes you use for warfare, but now you can put them out there as specimens.
0: Yeah, so you put them out into this. Yeah, exactly. You put them out on that board, and then you can use them to purchase uh, these these a new set of cards. There's a new card mechanic, Graft, where you play a card, you graft a card with another card, you get some additional things. Uh, so you now you get both gray actions, that kind of thing. So we had a chance to play with both,
1: mm-hmm. all
0: the expansion material. What do you think
1: I liked it I thought it gave us a lot more options I feel like base game you get points by going up those four tracks you have yep. to do that it's a lot of your points you can get pay- points for winning the wars and you can get some points for cards and game points for these cards that you can get and that was kind of it where this has more different ways of getting victory points so in X there's some technology that you can acquire you can spend a salary to acquire these special Technologies which give you either end game points or bonuses throughout the game. I like the other track you can do. I got a card that gave me four victory points if or one point for each track that I didn't get a victory point on, essentially, which is kind of giving up the tracks there. So I didn't do that at all. I got to focus on something totally different. So I thought that was really fun. Um I liked it actually because I feel like Dune is so tight. Having said that, I just still struggle with Dune. Like I just I like the game. But man, I just struggle with it. Like, I find it so hard. Like, it's so hard to get the combos of cards together to where they do anything good. I end up getting stuck where I don't get to do anything cool on my turn. I just find it, like, so tight. It's just almost not enjoyable anymore. So I like the expansion. I thought it was better. But it still, like, kind of, like, made me not, like, doing as much. I think it's falling for me.
0: Interesting that you should say that. Because I think for me, it's gr- I'm it's growing more and more for me. And there are moments in the game where things are frustrating because you don't have the cards you need to go to the spots you want to go to because uh, for those that haven't played, you play Dune, you play a card and then you place one of your workers. And where you can go is restricted by the different symbols on the card. So if you draw a bunch of cards and it doesn't have the symbols you want, you can't go to the spot you need to go to. But that said, that's that's part of the game for me is choosing what cards to purchase, choosing if I should actually even purchase cards or if a card out there isn't really what I'm looking for. The other thing the expansion adds actually is it gives you a one time uh refresh. So you basically you can spend a token and you completely wipe out the market of cards and you get a new set of cards, which is nice because there could be cards you don't want.
1: I really like that. However, especially with the expansion there's so many cards in that deck, yeah, I feel yeah. like it should be much easier to wipe the cards. I feel like you should be able to spend something and wipe the cards frequently you just just because there's so many cards in the deck and if you you're not gonna get ones that are helpful to you, then you know you're kind of stuck with what's there.
0: You should be able to spend like some solari or maybe a spice and just clear the row instead of yeah. having that. I think you should be it would it would open the game up. I don't think I don't think it would open it up so much that it made it made it poor in any sort of way or make it, you know, less fun. Mm-hmm. The the thing what I like about this game is the is the way you can kind of just come out of nowhere and have these explosive turns. And this game that we played with these expansions was it ended in an epic fashion. It was a four player game. Mm-hmm. Chris had 8 points, I had 7 points. Okay? He had the alliance token with specifically the Benjedzerat And what I ended up doing is, I went to that spot, I gained an influence, which tied me with him. And there was one more spot on the track. So if I beat him, I steal that point from him. So then I had an entry card that allowed me to go up a track that I've already gone up. So I played that entry card and I moved up. And because of that, I stole that alliance token, swapping us points. So now I'm at eight and he's at seven. In that particular combat, it was a, it was worth two victory points and i had gone to enough spaces on the board that i drew a bunch of cards and i only had like like a couple soldiers or a couple uh tokens in the actual battle but i had so many swords from my cards that i was really close to to uh both marty and chris who had a ton of power in the actual battle mm-hmm. so then when it came to the battle i had an entry card that made people uh, retreat one of their Dreadnoughts. So it brought Marty's score down. And then I had another card that, I had another two entry cards that basically increased my my power within the battle. So I was able to win and basically go from seven points to the victory based on the moves I made in the game. So it made the game feel very epic, mm-hmm. which I really, really liked. And part of it is those types of moments in games, I think I really enjoy is those like, able to string along all these things. Everything just kind of fell into place for me. I was able to draw a bunch of cards, get a bunch of swords on my cards. So when I did my reveal turn, I had I got a bunch of power without having a lot of, a lot of troops in the battle. So it was really it was an an uh, amazing experience.
1: Yeah, it was a lot of fun for you. I and I can appreciate that.
0: <laughs> for me, yes.
1: <laughs> it was just I just struggle. Like I struggle with that game. Like like you can plan all you want and then people take your spot or then now you cannot go anywhere because the cards you have don't let you go to any of the spots you literally can't even take an action i just find it too tight and too restricting and i'm sure that it's because i'm bad at the game and if i learn how to play the game better it would be fine but i I, i've played it quite a few times now and i'm not getting any better and that that just frustrates me and I feel like the, the, the intrigue cards are so powerful, some of them. So I was going through the intrigue cards and I was like trying to get some with some victory points because I wasn't going up those tracks. So I'm going to get victory points this way. And like I was going through them quite a bit and never got a single victory point card out of the intrigue cards. And I know they're there. You know, I got some that were worthless and I just feel like they're so swingy. I'm just kind of like the deck is fine, but I don't think the cards are really that great. So you're not like building up to anything that's really that powerful. And maybe it's because I don't know the cards very well. And it could be just me not playing it enough. But, man, I just struggle with it.
0: Yeah, I don't know. I think it's growing on me. I don't know if I necessarily want all the expansions. It was a lot. But I also enjoyed it. And I don't think having played the game enough, first base game and then adding the first expansion, which is X, and then adding Immortality after that, I don't think it added so much more that it was too confusing for me to play. It was still a lot, and I do like the fact that there's some additional points and you can get some additional things. I liked some of the newer mechanics or whatever, so for the most part, I liked the expansion. I know like our friend marty he's he doesn't like necessarily expansions, and he wasn't thrilled with the expansions that we had.
1: Mm, this is too much then it kind of became too much.
0: yeah, it became quite a bit, but I don't know i I enjoyed it i really- uh, I like those expansions, I really like the technologies those are really growing on me. I think those are fun. They can give you just some some additional things in the game and there's something you can spend your your spice on. So yeah, I really I really enjoyed those two expansions.
1: All right. Next up let's talk about village rails. So if you ever heard of village rails, you need to like Google it and take a look at the box. And when you do, you'll see this it's a little small box. It's um bigger than a card box, like thicker, you know, like probably like what? Two inches thick, but and slightly bigger than yeah, you know, like a bigger than a deck of cards, like bigger than that. But that's about it. And it's got this ugly picture of a train, so it looks like a little miniature train game. But it's not all a train game. It's actually a tile lane game, but with cards instead of tiles. And you're taking these, you're drafting these little train tracks and making a, a tableau out in front of you. So this is Village Rails. It's designed by Matthew Dunstan and Brett Gilbert. Uh, The art's done by Johanna Rosa, and it's published by Osprey Games. So as you're drafting these cards, you're doing it in the traditional style, where you can take the first one, and if you want to take the second one, you got to drop a coin off. You're taking these tiles, you're adding them into your little 3 by 4 grid. That's it. And then once the rail is complete, it means it starts on one end of the board and goes to the other end, then you'll score it. You'll add a, a Terminus card at the end of it, which will give you money, for whatever the card requirements so let's say it says uh water cards based on number of water cards that the train track goes through then you'd get money for that you use the money to then purchase other cards and then you'll also score points based on the symbologies of the cards and each card is going to score a little bit different there's some like set collection parts of it where you want the same terrain there's some that you want different terrain there's some signals and some other things on it that score different ways um and then you can also on your turn you can take a, a line card, a trip card, is what it's called, and you could add it to one of the lines that hasn't been scored yet, and it'll d- give you additional scoring when you do score it. So that's really it. Just draft it, add it to this board. It's three by five, so it's only, uh or sorry, it's three by four, so it's only twelve cards. And then at the end of the game, you score. Whoever has the most points wins. But it's ugly. It's got this ugly classic train game look to it. But it's kind of a hidden gem. I th- I thought it was pretty good. I liked it quite a bit.
0: Yeah, it was, it was fun. It was one of those games that's just kind of quick to play, not overly complicated, but good decisions, being able to... It's something satisfying about making those routes. I think that's the reason why people love train games as much as they do. Every, you're going to score every single one. Uh-huh. It's just how are you going to score it? How are you going to like put your rails together in order to create it? How are you going to... You know, are you going to add these additional bonuses? And you now you're trying to go for specific things within that, uh, that that one rail. It was it was fun. It definitely was. And I got to tell you, Matthew Dunstan, he he's one of those designers that like, keeps popping up for me. And I think I'm going to have to keep an eye on the things he's coming out. Like he did Guild of Mer- Merchant Explorers, which I liked. He did Chocolate Factory, which I I really like. That no one seems to talk about. Even though I think it's a pretty solid game, you know he did he's done, Elysium. He did Elysium. Yep.
1: Next station, London. I like that one.
0: Uh, I mean, he did a bunch of the exit games, I think, or venture games, maybe
1: adventure games. Yep. Yep.
0: So he's done a lot of interesting things. So I gotta keep an I gotta keep an eye out for him because something like this reminds <laughs> 69
1: me. 69 games here, or was it 69 more games when I clicked on it? No, it's 69 games.
0: Yeah, some of those are expansions and like. Different things like that. So, uh-huh. yeah, he did, like, Professor Evil in the Citadel of Time, which I thought was pretty pretty cool at the time.
1: Oh, he did My Shelfie. That's on his, his list, too. I like that one with Phil Walker-Harding.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's done some interesting stuff. And this game, yeah, it's fun. It's it's interesting. It's a cool little game. You have the cards. They're double-sided. So one side's your track. The other side is your uh, your little scoring thing. It Yeah, it comes together. The artwork sucks.
1: When Jeremy got it out, I was like, Jeremy, I am not want one of your train games, your You're boring stupid, train games. And he's like, no, 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 this is good. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. He's been like trying to bring, like trying to get us to play it for like weeks. And we're all like, meh. But we got it. I'm like, oh, oh, Yeah. Cause it looks like oh. a train.
0: It looks like a game that came out in like 1997.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It, what, uh, what, why? Why? Like, I don't get it. I
0: don't know. It. There's a certain, okay, there's a certain thing you can say about the charm of the game. Cause it, you know, it doesn't look that bad. but no, I, it don't just, I don't mind the cards. Know.
1: Like the cards are plain; they're they're very plain, but they're fine. It's the box. It looks like a trading game, and it's not. It's a tile laying game. It is, an,
0: yeah, it is a tile laying game. I did find that some of the terrain within the tiles, I I wasn't able to necessarily distinguish as well as I would like.
1: Yeah, you're right. You're right.
0: There are symbols that show you what they are. But even then, I was like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, don't know the, that, the iconography
1: you know? could be better. Yeah. Yeah. But I still think this is a little hidden gem. Small, small, quick game. Doesn't take long. Probably 30 minutes, 45 minutes, something like that.
0: Well, one of the games we played with your daughter and uh, she almost beat you.
1: She did, yeah. She was doing really well throughout the game. I was like scoring hardly anything. All my scoring was end game points. I don't know how I s- sneaked that win in, but I yeah, did
0: cheating. Yep, I know how you did it. You cheated, Pro-
1: probably. I probably yeah. did not earn it.
0: Well, it, the little you have these little uh, dial systems for your scoring for your points. You can just like, yeah, you just yeah, whatever. I'll just give myself twenty points just cause I know I know your game. It, I know your it tricks does help.
1: Yeah, it. If you want to win, that's the way to do it. Just sneak yeah. in extra points. <laughs>
0: Pretty much. (laughs) Cheater, cheater.
1: Oh, man. I I didn't care for the dial. It was a little hard to move. I would have rather gotten victory point tokens, but...
0: Yeah, yeah, it was fine.
1: But for that game, I don't care. I'm not upset about it.
0: The only thing I didn't like about those dials is I didn't know where everyone was at. So I didn't know how well I was doing in the game. At one point, I was like, man, I think I'm doing pretty well. And then your daughter was like, I scored... 110 points. I'm like, "Mm, yeah, I scored like 80. So clearly, I'm not that good at this.
1: You had like a pile of money so it felt like you were doing really good.
0: I did have a lot of money and the best part is you guys were like, yeah, money's really tight in this game. I'm like, no, it's not. I have money for days.
1: I know. (laughs) We were always broke.
0: (laughs) You just gotta have a better economy.
1: (laughs) All right. well, don't pass by Village Rails just because it's ugly. Give it a go. I recommend it. Oh, I I recommend, I'm rating it an an 8.
0: I too am coming in at an 8 I enjoyed mm-hmm. it yes
1: I recommend it if you like tile laying games if you're looking for something that's uh, quick and short but it's got some decent meat on it with some good choices and interesting it's going to replay quite a bit you can play it a lot and it will. I don't think it'll get old yeah I agree that is Village Rails check it out
0: alright that's going to wrap up the games we're talking about this week we are going to take a quick little break but when we come back we are just going to go ahead and do a little bit of question time All right, welcome back. We are now going to be doing question time, I guess, working title. Man, we're just good. We just got a bunch of working titles, don't we? (laughs) Listen.
1: We'll come up with a good name if we keep doing it.
0: We are not creative enough to come up with good quality names for segments. So you're going to have to just deal with name that game, question time, would you rather... (laughs) Like, I
1: think those are all fine names. Don't be so hard as, on yourself, Bob.
0: As long as, as long as you know what we're talking I about. I feel like
1: the the, the the intent is clear there. There's no misunderstanding what we're doing.
0: Yeah, indeed. That's you kn- the important thing with the title. Yeah. You know what we're gonna talk about. But uh so I've I've kind of had an idea for this and I like I said, I made a post a couple weeks ago about uh you know, if you have any questions for us, partly it is because I see like questions on Facebook, I was like, oh, that's an interesting question I'd like to talk about it on the podcast, but it's not quite enough. For a long segment, you know, it would probably be like a like a five minute thing. So that's what basically what we're going to do is I got some questions we're going to I'm going to ask them and we're just going to kind of get through some of these questions that I've been been wanting to talk about. So first question up. OK, you find a used copy of a game you really want uh huh, and it's 60 percent off, but it's missing one card.
1: That one is it. Me. Yes. Is it
0: worth it? Yes. Really, that it's missing me at
1: all. <sighs> I could live uh, without the card. A card, like a token, a card, a chip, well, whatever.
0: The token, the token is fine. I think like actual game material that uh, I just don't know if I could do. The, I don't know if I could pull the trigger on it. I just don't know if I could.
1: Probably it. It depends. You know, if you've got a game like Arc Nova or Terraforming Mars, like a card, you might you may play that game you know, a hundred times and never hit that one card. So who cares? You know, something where like the cards are tighter, maybe. Or a game where you use all the cards, maybe. But most games, like, you don't use all the cards anyways. So who cares?
0: It is It is the fact that I know that...
1: Yeah, that doesn't surprise me that you'd say that.
0: It. I can't. It's just knowing, knowing that that card's missing, I'm out. I don't think I can do it. Some of the chits or whatever, I can, yeah, I can see. But the problem is, what if I want to resell the game? Now I can't resell it.
1: Why would you resell it? You, lo- you said you loved it.
0: It's, n- I didn't say, no, I did not say love. It. It's a copy of a game you really want. Doesn't necessarily mean you love it. It means you you just really want it.
1: Yeah, but if it's like that cheap, then who cares? Like, then you don't have to worry. You don't have to sleeve it. You just play it, and then you just throw it away when you're done.
0: You could always sleeve it and then put down like, put in just a, like a piece of paper. What I mean, the cards you could you could print
1: off the card. At that point, you could print a version of the card and slide it in there if you really wanted to. There's plenty of reasons, but I wouldn't do any of that. And I would just live without it.
0: Is there anything that would prevent you from buying a game if it was that cheap? Like, let's say it was a game you really want, but you know, like, let's say it was, let's say it was Scythe, mm-hmm. but you had to just you you didn't have any resources, so you'd have to just go buy generic cubes.
1: I mean, that'd be fine because they sell. Like cool stuff that you could replace it with super cool. It'd be even even better, you know. Probably an improvement.
0: What if you were missing one of the factions?
1: One of the like straight up factions. Yep, that would be a bummer. I would rather have a copy that had it all in there.
0: But would you? Would it still be worth it at sixty percent off?
1: Mm, No, because six you can get a used game for like around sixty percent off usually. Eventually. Depends on how much how much I'm gonna play the game and and how much of a discount it is. Like how hard it is to find. Like a lot of games go deep discount eventually, unless they go out of print and people want them again.
0: I suppose that's fair. Let me bring this next one up. Then let's let's do this. So it's a like. Have you ever had buyer's remorse over a game? So you bought a game and you just turned around, played it, and you're like, I hate this game.
1: Yeah, tons of them.
0: What? What? Like, give me examples of games.
1: Meadow. Oh man,
0: man, Meadow. Yeah, because you bought that
1: most recent ones. That Meadow was a bummer. I don't mind. I don't mind that. Like, if I buy a brand new game and it's bad, I don't mind because I can turn around and put it up for resale and it'll sell at a pretty good price really quickly. So that those, I don't feel bad about. It's the games that like have sat on my shelf for a year and now they're old and i have still haven't played it those are the ones i feel bad about if i make a bad purchase on it and i play the game and i don't like it then at least i played it and tried it so at least i got you know by the time i sell it i'll have it'll probably only cost me like 10 or 20 dollars.
0: to have experienced like yeah. the game and as then have as a solid
1: work. opinion it's when games sit on my shelf and don't play them those are the ones that i feel bad about
0: So that's the buyer's remorse is the games that you buy that you intend to play and they just sit and sit and sit. sit. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: How many games do you have on your shelf of shame? Shelf of opportunity, I should say. How many games do you think you have on that?
1: I don't have any anymore. I don't think. I have a few games that I have not played my copies of, but I played the game at least. So I know I like it. Um, No, I still have a couple. I probably have a couple. But I'm probably gonna get rid of them because I haven't played them yet, so I'm just gonna get rid of them. I haven't played it yet, so
0: So you're just gonna you don't even think you're gonna want to play them or at this point just because it's been so long. Yeah, I mean I I want to play them,
1: but I haven't. And if I haven't done it so far, I'm probably not going to.
0: Hmm. Interesting. So do you count so you count a game you've played but not your copy as not being a game on your shelf of opportunity?
1: Yeah. Because at least I um know I like the game.
0: Sure. Yeah. Yeah, but are you? Is it going to be one of those situations where you're always going to play it with the, the people, the other people that have yes. it? Yes,
1: and at that point, I'm getting rid of it. I've got quite a few games in my collection that I've played, I really enjoyed. Went out and bought it. Now it sits on my shelf and doesn't get played, and that bugs me just as much. So I'm getting rid of those ones.
0: Okay, I think it's it's funny because with the buyer's remorse thing, it happened to me quite a bit in the very beginning. Getting into the hobby because because I saw you all those like crappy
1: games. Well, it was
0: more like these are the essential games everyone should own. So I went out like a uh, prime example I can say is Small World. I
1: mm-hmm. bought that
0: game and it was fine. It wasn't a game I ended up keeping. Yeah, but on the flip side of that, because it's a game, quote unquote, essential, it was easy to get rid of. Yeah, like you could you could get rid of it quickly.
1: Yeah, and that's fine. My shame, like the shame I have is not in the purchases that I've made. It's the things that I hold on to that don't have any value to me. And like games that I, that I don't play that sit on my shelf, that's the sh- to me what I don't like, that they're not being used.
0: What is a game that is currently on your shelf that you bought to play you have never played and you want to get rid of? Do you have an example?
1: A Great Western Trail.
0: Oh, yeah. I forgot that you had that. Mm-hmm. How do you have a copy of Great Western Trail?
1: I I got it in a math trade. I traded a game away and got that one. So I've done a lot of that. I have a lot of used games, you know, that way. I buy a lot of used ones.
0: I do enjoy purchasing used games. But that said, they need to have all the components. So if I see what's nice about one of our local game stores is they they have a consignment section. Mm -hmm. And one of them will go through and inventory everything. So they'll actually go through the store themselves. Will go through and inventory everything. So they'll let you know if you're missing anything like that, which I really like, mm-hmm. because then I don't have to I don't have to like worry about it. They they took care of that for me. But if something's missing, I'm less inclined to buy it.
1: No, I I usually won't buy it. I usually opt not to buy it, even though I said I wouldn't. I wouldn't mind it if you know if it was missing something. I wouldn't mind it, but I'd have to really want the game. I, I'm I'm buying a lot less than I used to.
0: Yeah, I I'm more selective in the games that I purchase. Yeah. I used to like I used to buy quite a bit, but I'm I'm more selective now than I used to be. And the thing is, I'm actually getting rid of more games that I like that I just know I won't play physical copies. Like a prime example is I'm 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 getting rid of two games I like, Grand Austria Hotel and The Voyages of Marco Polo, and p- partly because the likelihood of me playing those games in person is very low. I've played them. I play them online. Yeah. Through Board Game Arena, Yukata, that's uh, that's where I'm playing those games. And the people that I'm typically going to play with it in real life are the ones I play it online with. Mm -hmm. So why would I keep a physical copy? Not to mention one of the, like, Grand Austria Hotel is one of Jeremy's favorite games, if not his favorite game. So you know he's going to keep his copy. Why do I need mine?
1: Exactly. And like owning a game that I'm gonna play like later down the road isn't helpful for me because I don't remember how to play it. So if somebody were to come over and actually like, Okay, oh, we can play this game, they're interested in it, cool. I have to read the rules. So we're not actually gonna play it. So there's no point in me keeping like old classic games that I don't remember the rules to.
0: You're that aversive to reading rule books. Yeah. What if what if it was an old game but there's a watch it played for it then?
1: No, I would just I'd have to plan for it. Like somebody would have to say, I really want to play this game. And then I had plan ahead and I could read the rule book and play it. And that would be fine. I would do that, especially because I already know how to play the game. I could read the rule book, but I'm saying in the moment, like the reason why oh, I'm these gotcha, games gotcha, 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 are so yeah. people could come over and we could play it, but they're not, you know, we're playing games that I already know how to play. So I'm slimming my collection way down.
0: Yeah, that may or may not happen at my household when my wife's like, let's play something new. How about this game? I'm like, I don't know the rules. I don't know the rules. So now what I do is I'm like, all right, pick a game that you're going to want to play and she'll pick and then I'll grab the rule book and I'll read it. So it's like if we we if we know we're going to play a game in the evening, you know, bef- like maybe, you know, before dinner or something, I'll grab the rule book and I'll read it knowing that like after we've taken yeah. care of the kids or whatever, we'll go down and play. But even then, yeah, yeah, I'm guilty, guilty.
1: Mm-hmm. So having them, you know, sitting there hoping to be played one day is just no, it's not going to happen.
0: Yeah. All right. Next question: Is a game that forces you to use an app a red flag for the game?
1: No, not at all.
0: Wow, that was quick.
1: Easy. I like it. I don't care if the app gets outdated because the reality is I'm probably going to play this game, you know, this year. And then, you know, if it gets outdated, it's because more people aren't playing it anymore, and that's fine.
0: It's not necessarily the app being outdated; It's the fact that the games are integrating apps right.
1: Mhm. I think the fear is that the the apps will no longer be supported. I think that's the the downside to having an app supported game. Because if most people, I mean, using the app is fine. Like I don't know anybody who complains about using the app. I think it's the complaint is the fear that the app will no longer be su- supported. And so then once the app is gone, then you cannot play the game.
0: Well, I I think most people don't like to have an app control their analog game. I think that's what people are getting at is they don't want, there are plenty of people who, when they hear you have app integration into a game, they're like, I'm not going to play that game because I do not want to play a game that, that uses an app. Why? I don't know. People are like that. They just don't necessarily want to do that.
1: I mean, I get not wanting to buy a game that uses an app for fear the app may not be supported and you're not going to be able to play your game for 10 years, which is stupid. But that I get that.
0: I have heard that fear too. And I don't I don't know. That if there's an if there's an app, unless you delete that app, the app should be fine. Like you're just gonna if there's like a bug that you come across, well, I mean, the game's point, fifteen years it. old. Yeah,
1: yeah, it should be fine.
0: You know, if they're still supporting certain games or whatever, I did actually notice there was a game by Fantasy Flight, and this is kind of somewhat off topic because it's not necessarily app integration, but it's an Arkham Horror, but it's a It's almost like a computer game. You buy a box and it gives you an access code and it gives you some components or whatever, but you're mostly like playing it on the computer. So it's almost like a computer game with physical components as opposed to a board game with an app. I just saw this the other day and it was, I was intrigued by it. I don't know if I'm necessarily going to like get it, but I, I saw that and I was like, now that is interesting because that's taking it one additional step further now. As a, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. It just, like you're not... Now you're doing it almost the opposite way, which is really weird. I probably weird.
1: wouldn't do that because I don't play a lot of computer games, so I probably wouldn't do something like that. But I, I don't have a problem with it. I mean, I'd try it.
0: I wonder if they're trying to bridge the gap now. Um,
1: Between video gamers and gamer, board gamers?
0: Yeah. I wonder if they're trying to do that. I
1: would think there'd be a Venn diagram. would be pretty large overlap there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they're well, I don't know. I mean take a look at take a look at the Venn diagram of like Nerdery, where you have board gamers, Magic the Gathering players, and RPGers. That the Venn diagrams don't overlap that much. And no. if you do like they're like Ugh, yeah.
1: But but board games can be super mainstream and video games are pretty mainstream, are very mainstream.
0: True. Yeah, very so, true. Yeah. That's where tra- I think
1: there's an overlap.
0: Yeah, they're trying to capture that same kind of audience with that mm-hmm. sort of thing. But yeah, there's plenty of people who don't like apps. And I think I don't mind apps and games. I really uh-huh. don't. I think if, as long as it's done well and it doesn't feel like I'm necessarily playing an app game with just physical components, if I'm still being able to do stuff, most of the app games that I've played, or most of the board games I've played that integrate apps, I think they've done a done a good job of bridging the gap between the two, or like making them complementary to each other. Yeah. So the experience has still been good. Like Return to Dark Tower is the one I can think of because it's the one I most recently played. You know, it it takes care of all the minutiae that I don't want to have to deal with. Yeah. You know, flipping cards or whatever. Now it's all integrated in the app. I don't have to flip any cards. I don't have to keep track of anything. The app does it, but I'm still physically moving and doing all my stuff.
1: The search for the Planet board. X is a great one. I mean, yeah, it could all be in a rule book and you could open up the rule book and read that line, but the app is just so much easier. It's not the game. You just The the app just gives you some information.
0: Well, that uh, what's that game, the Turing machine or whatever? Because that that, for the most part, is app-based as well, correct?
1: No, not at all. But it does have an app that you can get new scenarios from.
0: That's what I'm saying. Is it gives you like? Don't you have to input your answers into the? App? I wouldn't know because I didn't. I mean, I could. <laughs> I didn't. You know, to I didn't play get the close solo. Enough.
1: Yeah, the solo version.
0: Hmm. You put your
1: you put your answer in there. Yeah, you're right. It's an uh, app assisted. Wait, what would you say? The solo um, version is app assisted.
0: Yeah. No, no. 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 After that, you said I was. Rut- I was. Rut- what? I was. What?
1: I said you said something that wasn't wrong.
0: I'll take that. I mean, that's close <laughs> enough. From, that's close enough. You heard it here. You heard it here. I'm going to loop that now. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Last question. Okay. Uh, what game or games would you want to go back to and and get to experience for the first time all over again?
1: Oh, man, I'm thinking of Pandemic Legacy Season 1, but I'm literally doing that right now. I just bought it with my son, and we're playing through it, and I don't remember it, so it feels like I'm experiencing it for the first time. That was the funnest experience I ever had playing board games. And it's not the best Legacy Pandemic Legacy one, but it was the first, and that's what made it the, the most special.
0: But- Is there a different game that would come up in this list, too? Because instantly, the first thing I thought of was, again, experiencing Pandemic Legacy all over again. Mm-hmm. If I could do that, I would do that in a heartbeat. But then it makes me think about, so Dominion, the first time you play Dominion and you're oh, like, yeah. it, you know, when you would discover a new mechanic that you haven't played before, and you're like, wow, what is this game? I don't you know, know that
1: I would go back and, and urge, or yearn for that same experience because I just enjoy playing games more the more that I play them. There's mm-hmm. very few... Oh, I think my favorite was Secret Hitler. Um, That first time I played that game was so much fun. And I've played it a lot since then. And now the game is like pretty much dead to me. Like I don't ever want to play it again just because I played it so much. And that first time I played it was such a fun experience. So that would be one.
0: Yeah. Some of those party games are recreating the atmosphere in which you're playing a party game. Mm-hmm. I think I think that's part of it too, right? Is being able to re-experience the thing that you did with the people, and it's not necessarily the game experience as it is the overall experience that you had with everybody.
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. I remember we had a lot of fun playing Dead of Winter two when that first came out. There was some really great experiences in that too.
0: Just some of the like the I talk about like Dune Imperium, you know, with the way this last game ended and how like epic it felt like Chris, Mm -hmm. Chris was like winning. He was clearly in the lead. Like he was only one point ahead, but it seemed like he had all the momentum. Um, If you ask him, he said that he got, he got cocky when he shouldn't have gotten cocky. And then I was able to like basically just spring forward and, and get that. Those are the things that I, that I love in games is when you can have experiences like that. And those would be the things like I would like to recreate and redo, you know?
1: Yeah. Yeah. And those you can't.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately. Yeah. You just hope that you you come across that thing again, right? Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, Pandemic Legacy. Ooh, man. Wouldn't it be nice if you could go through and play all three again? Would you want to do all three or would you rather yeah. just like do one of them again?
1: I would do them all three again. I enjoyed it because it's been so long since I played the first one. And now I'm replaying it with my son. And I, I mean, it's coming, kind of coming back to me, but even some of it, I'm like, I don't remember this at all. So it doesn't have the big reveal moments, you know, that I had the first time I played it, but the experience is just still fun.
0: That's the the, the one thing that I love about legacy games is the experience and the overall story that you get from it. And mm-hmm. the thing that sucks the most is you cannot recreate it. Because my wife and I, um, like I've talked to you in the past, we've had some friends that are getting interested in games. And one of the things my wife and I had chatted about is, should we introduce them to Pandemic Legacy? Should we try playing Legacy Season 1 with them?
1: Mm-hmm. Because
0: of how much we enjoyed that experience. But the thing is, I will not be able to enjoy it as much as I did the first time.
1: Well, I'll let you know. I'm having fun with it.
0: I mean, I'll have fun with it. Because it's I think a different I'll enjoy
1: game. It. Like The game I'm playing with my son was very different than the game I play with my daughter.
0: The problem I'm going to have is I know the big thing, right yeah, I know the big I you know the just, big it, secret
1: you get to be with them when they re- when you know they get to learn it
0: it's like it's like experiencing it's it's, it's uh living vicariously through your children, right mm-hmm. like seeing them see Christmas for the first time, you know, or mm-hmm. them opening so. these presents, you know that kind of thing is living the moment through somebody else.
1: It's just as enjoyable as the first time because it brings all that back. Oh, you should do that. That'd be fun.
0: I I'm gonna. I think we're gonna. I think we're gonna try to do that. I think that it sounds fun. So mm-hmm. I'd like to play it again. Uh, I enjoy. I enjoyed it quite a bit.
1: Possibly different experience at four players. That'd be totally different.
0: Yeah, I've only ever played them at two, so mm-hmm. it'll be nice to play it with four players. I typically don't play those games with more than more than just my wife and I.
1: They're easiest to play with a family member. That's for sure.
0: Yeah, then somebody when we you live can, with. Yeah. And then if we want you argue with them, although typically when I when I play cooperative games, I let the people make I might make suggestions. I mean, like you can do this or you can do that or you can do that. And they're like, well, what should I do? I'd be like, well, you pick like you do your thing just because I don't want to be that like quarterbacking the game, that kind of thing. I I t- I tend to sit back more than I ever used to just to let them make their own decisions.
1: That's good. I try to let my son make the decisions, but then I yell at him for making the wrong decision. I'm like, "Why are you doing that? You need to take care of these disease cubes, and we're going to die." And he's like, "Mom, what's the worst that could happen? The whole world ends?" I'm like, "Yeah."
0: Max is ah, uh, Max <laughs> makes me laugh. I wish I could be a fly on the wall when you he guys play. He does not care
1: about <laughs> outbreaks and it kills me. Oh, man. He's like, no, we're going to eradicate this disease. I'm like, it doesn't matter if we eradicate the disease. we got to win the game.
0: Eh, (sighs) It's it's fun, though. It's fun eradicating diseases. Yeah. Well, uh, I think that's going to come. That's going to bring question time to a close. So that was fun. Yeah, I enjoyed uh, enjoyed those random questions. That was fun.
1: Those were good ones, Bob. Well done.
0: No, thank you. All
1: right. That's our show for this week. Thanks for listening to our shenanigans. Join us next week. Please leave us a review and talk. Uh, Check us out on Instagram or Facebook. Uh, Send us your questions to boardgameshenanigans at gmail.com. Thanks, everyone.
0: See you next week.